All right, in honor of our missionary partner serving in Haiti, today's scripture reading is going to be read in the native language of Haiti. Colos 12, verse 10. C'est pour nous vivre bien, yon aklot, Jean-Christ la ville. Parce que bon Dieu relè nous pour nous vivre bien, yon aklot, pour nous capable faire yon seul ko. Toujours changer, ça li fait pour nous. Si nous quoi, c'est même bon Dieu qui parle na quelle de Paul. Là, ça avec nous matin, à parler avec Dallas matin, à nous dire Amen à Sam. Amen. That was awesome. Now, he was supposed to be reading Colossians 3.15, whether he did or not. I- I'm not sure. Somebody's going to have to check. If you speak that language, let me know because there's no telling what he just said about I heard my name in there. I don't know. We're going to have to figure that out. So, But uh, morning, friends. You doing okay? Good. Welcome to Grace Meadows Church. My name is Dallas. If I haven't met you, I really would love the opportunity to meet you and get to know you after the service. Uh, let me tell you where we're at. We are uh, in our Advent series, and last week we talked about hope, and this week we're going to talk about peace, but I want to take a step back completely from that for just a minute and take a moment to, to pray for Nashville. I don't know if you've heard, but yesterday evening some, some rough tornadoes came through there, and there was destruction, there was loss of life, and so we really want to pray for Nashville and the surrounding areas. So let's start that way. Father, um, we just pray, man, like... We could, we could never look at that situation and, and say that it is good, but we know that you have a habit of taking things that, that are bad, that are painful, that are broken, and producing good from them. And so right now, we unapologetically ask that you would bring spiritual healing, you would bring reconciliation, relationships to be strong through this painful situation. And we pray for Nashville that maybe, maybe you'll use this to... To, to promote revival within Nashville. I mean, I just pray that you will just do radical, radical things with the pain and comfort those, especially who are mourning right now in this moment. We love you very much. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, like I said, we're going to talk about peace today, and this is something that we're, we're born with in terms of a desire to have peace, at least one type of peace. It's this internal peace that we're all after. And by internal peace, what we mean is this experience of wholeness, this experience of deep satisfaction within us. We're born with that desire to have it. The problem is we're not born with the actual experience of peace. And so we're kind of left confused a lot of times, right? I mean, if we, if we have this desire for peace, and yet we're not born with peace, it's a very confusing thing. And I think this is one of the best pieces of evidence for the existence of God. That if we're born with this desire for peace, but yet we're not born into it and we can't find it, then we we must come to the conclusion that peace is found outside of ourselves completely. And you see in the world, oftentimes we'll look for different areas for peace. But what happens is, just like we talked about last week with hope, that hope ends up getting watered down to be things like optimism. Peace 
Because we can't find actual substantive peace, what we end up doing is we water down peace in the world to mean things like escape. So instead of actually experiencing wholeness or deep satisfaction, what we do is we say, let me just escape the things, the challenges in my life. Things like numbness. To say, all right, let me give in to alcohol, let me give in to drugs because I just want a moment away from the pain. And that's what we call peace. Or things like distraction, right? If I can just be entertained enough away from my problems, that's an escape for me. Or things like self-liberation or coping skills and, you know, all these different things. We look to those as we water down what peace is. See, peace is not something that we're born with. I mean, if you ever spent time around a baby or toddler, you know they don't come in peace, do they? And now one of my daughters, I have to say, one of my daughters has really challenged that theory. I mean, she comes out of the womb just as calm and sweet as could be. I mean, she really, really did. And she's a great, great daughter. And we can't really, like, take credit for that because that's just who she is. And early on, I remember one time distinctly, I'm, I'm getting onto one daughter because she's throwing a tantrum. And then another one's crying. And this one just kind of looks at me in the eyes like, Daddy, I, I see that you're going through a lot, so I'm just going to sit here and be quiet. <laughs> I mean, really, Morgan, didn't she? Like, just, it was just a very natural thing. But here's what I've realized over time. That projection of peace or that perception of peace, really, there's, there's also inside of her an inner turmoil. There's also inside of her this lack of, of inner peace. And it's because we're not born with it. And the problem is... We're not born with it, but, but all of a sudden we expect that one day we will find that peace within us. Or we'll find it within somebody else who also, by the way, wasn't born with peace. And so it's this irony that we face. But here's the thing, and this is why Jesus is such, such good news. Is that while we weren't born into peace, peace was born unto us through Jesus. I mean, isn't that such good news? I mean, praise God that peace has entered into the world, and that's one of the things we celebrate at Christmas Day. That now, that desire that we were born with for peace can actually be fulfilled with actual peace because Jesus has made his entrance into the world. And that's such good news. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, this is a prophecy of to come, says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, peace has been born into the world on Christmas morning. So now, let's dive into what the Bible says about peace. Because the Bible references peace hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And so peace is a concept that we want to process through. Now, there, there, there are a lot of elements to peace. But when you boil it all the way down, really there's three main elements here. One, we have an eternal peace. And this is just simply our spiritual or relational aspect with God. Or, or, or a, a simpler way to say it is our peace with God. And then the second one is an internal peace. This is the experience of His peace within us. Or a shorter way to say it is the peace of God. So when we have peace with God, we are now able to experience the peace of God. And then the third one is external peace. And by this, we just mean peace in our relationships, peace around us, or, or peace on earth. Now, 
What's crucial to note is you can't really have quality external peace without first having internal peace. And you can't have quality internal peace without first having eternal peace. And so often what we do is we'll say, you know, I want the peace of God, but first we don't experience the peace with God. And we have to get that order right. That's so crucial. We live in a time where it's so ironic to me, man. We, we say, you know, peace for my soul, yes, I want that. Yes, please, God, give me that. Peace around me in my relationships, yes, God, please give me that. But peace with God, nah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Right? But we have to first get this order right. We have to have peace with God if we want to experience the peace of God. And I think that this goes along with the habit that we have in mankind that we want the things of the kingdom without the king. We have to focus first and foremost on the king. He's like our source of energy, man. If we, if we ever want peace, it first has to come through him and with him before we can ever experience the peace he offers. Now, let's just go through these one by one. Let's talk about eternal peace. How do we obtain eternal peace, peace with God? Well, the first thing we have to recognize is that we don't have anything to offer in peace negotiations with God. I mean, that's really important for us to note. I mean, it's not that, you know, like, like peace treaties of the past where I bring some things from my homeland and you bring some things from your homeland and we make a peace deal. That's not what we're talking about here. God gives us peace. He grants us his peace. And that's so important. So in Luke 2, 14, whenever the angels and the heavenly host appear to the shepherds, it says this, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. See, it's a message of peace that's so critical. We have to recognize that we have nothing to give in peace negotiations with God. It is through Jesus Christ. Everything flows and runs through Christ. And a lot of us, man, we go our whole lives trying to earn God's favor. And we simply can't do it. I mean, Matthew 3 tells us that, that God is pleased with his son. And by the way, he's the only one that he's pleased with. And that's a, that's a hard truth. That's a hard pill to swallow. But that is true. If we want to find favor with God, it is by being in Christ. And that's the only, only way. We don't have a righteousness of our own. But I think from an early age, we have this merit-based system, don't we? We think we earn different things. And it, really, it works that way in a lot of different scenarios. Um, we were at the Polar Express train this past Tuesday. And I'm not going to dog it, okay? It was a good experience. The girls had a great time. All right, I'm not going to say anything negative about it, except one thing, actually. They played this song that I really just don't like. And you guys are probably surprised to hear that there's a Christmas song that I don't like. But, but that song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, oh, I can't stand that one. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Man, there's a lot to unlearn there, isn't there? So anyway, they, they play this song on the train, and after they play the song, the train stops completely. And someone comes on, an, on the intercom, and they say, all right, if you suspect that you might be on the naughty list, now is your chance to start dancing to get the train moving again and get yourself moved onto the nice list. And so two of my girls, of course, they... 
they kind of know they're standing in that. They're like, no, I'm already on the nice list. We're good. But then I, I got one. There's always one. And she rightfully understands that it's a bit iffy on that whole realm <laughs> for her. So what she does is she <laughs> jumps out of her seat and gets in the aisle, and she starts doing dance moves. I didn't even know she had, man. <laughs> I mean, she's getting after it, and I've got a video of it, and I really, really wanted to show it, but I was like, I, I can't do that to her. So, But she's just breaking it down, man. This is my opportunity to get in good with Santa, get back on the nice list. <laughs> and so, and part of me, man, part of me just enjoyed the moment and thought it was really funny, but I don't know if I'm just getting older and more grumpy or what, but... But I just thought, oh man, we've got so much to unlearn here from this experience, don't we? Because we could never do a good enough dance to get in good with a holy God, could we? And that's so pivotally important for us to realize. I mean, I could go out there and do a Michael Jackson moonwalk, and it's not going to get it done. Right? That's so important for us to recognize. We just can't do enough to get in with a holy God. Peace is a gift that he grants to us through Jesus Christ. And we've got to remember that. See, everything, everything runs through Christ. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ in no other way. It is faith in that reality. We put, we put all of our faith and all of our hopes for peace negotiations with God through Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ, that's the only way for us to move forward. I mean, listen to Jesus himself. Listen to the confidence that Jesus has in our abilities in John 15, 5. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do a little bit, no, nothing, nothing. I mean, that's kind of rough, Jesus. Can't we do like a little bit on our own? No, nothing, nothing. Apart from him, we can do nothing. It is through Christ that we have peace with God. So if we want peace with God, we put all our faith in peace negotiations in Jesus Christ. And now, it is through him that we have the second one, the peace of God. This is the internal peace that we talked about. We have peace with God. Now we experience the peace of God. Let's refer back to John 15 we just read. Abiding in him produces fruit in our lives. Another way to say it is from Galatians 5, when, when Paul says, stay in step with the Spirit of God, and that will, will produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And one of those is what? Peace. So what happens is we have peace with God, and then the Spirit of God enters into our lives and produces peace in our lives as we just stay in step with the Spirit. So first, we have to have peace with God, and then, now we can start to experience the peace of God that is found through His Spirit as we stay in step with Him. And that order is so very important for us. But now, let's be honest. Just because we now have His peace in our lives doesn't mean we always experience His peace in our lives, does it? And that's why what Craig read for us was so important. Let me read it in English this time. Colossians three fifteen. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Let his peace rule 
in our hearts. Perhaps if we're very honest with ourselves in this moment, there are other things that rule in our hearts other than peace. Maybe there are things like anxieties. Maybe there are things like worries. Maybe there are things like pride or insecurities. And we just dwell in our mind over and over those things. And that energy of us dwelling in it gets banked into our heart. And it becomes something that rules over us. What would it look like for us to be a people who are dedicated to letting His peace rule our hearts? So when an anxious thought comes up, we say, you know what, I got got a verse for that. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything pray. And then what? The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Or things like pride come up, and we go back to John 15, 5, and we say, no, no, remember, apart from Him, we can do nothing. Or maybe worry comes up, and, and we remember Jesus' words about, do not worry, do something with that. You can do something with it. You can pray. Right? All these things are so important. Or maybe insecurity comes about. And you remember, for God so loved the world that He gave everything, everything to make a way for us. We can always let peace rule in our hearts if we go back to the Scriptures. If we go back to the Scriptures and say, yeah, the enemy wants to control my mind, wants to take my heart, but no, 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 I'm going to reflect on the peace that is in the world now through Jesus Christ and let it rule in my heart. Man, I love the Christmas story so much. Uh, And the shepherds are probably my favorite part of the Christmas story. I mean, the way that the angel just appears and he says, Behold, I, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. And by the way, it's no coincidence that the angel says, For all people, as if to say, Yeah, yeah I know that religious people have excluded you from things up to this point, but actually, it's for all people. That means you too. And they're so liberated in this moment and they, they hear about this peace and they just can't help, they just can't help but run to Jesus. Just can't help but go to him, man. The, the angel says, come to Jesus, and they, and they just take off. Why? Because all their life, man, they, they've been isolated. They've been told you don't really have a role in society except for to go tend the sheep. It's really all you can do. And maybe they're a little bit odd in some ways, relationally. Maybe they are drunkards or got different things going on, and yet the angel says, hey, you've been looking for peace, man. You've been looking for it through alcohol. You've been looking through it for, through all these different things. And people have told you that you're just not worthy of peace. And yet, I've got good news of great joy for all people. And they just go, man. They, they hurry to them. And they just come back praising God in a loud voice. And by the way, 2,000 years later, we have that same opportunity. And we have access to Jesus at any time. Jesus says this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And a lot of translations say, you will find peace and rest for your souls. And man, that's exactly what happened with the shepherds. You know, I mean, their circumstance didn't really change But they started to view their circumstances in light of God's peace. And that was enough to bring wholeness or a deep satisfaction within them through experiencing that. The question really is, are we allowing God's peace to rule in our hearts? To rule. I mean, do we know what that word means? It calls the shots. 
Are we letting his peace rule in our hearts? So we have eternal peace, which is peace with God. We have internal peace, which is the peace of God. And we have external peace, which is peace on earth. Now this order is so very important. I think a lot of times the world just says, I want peace on earth. I want to see good things. But we have to get this order right because you and I can make a peace treaty and that's fine, that's good, like that's noble and stuff like that. But the problem is peace treaties are broken all the time because they're made by people who want to see peace on earth but aren't filled with peace inside of them first. See, if you and I are filled with peace first and foremost, now we can really see peace on earth. So we have to get that order right because what happens is if we don't have that order right, then we start to look to relationships to fill needs that we have. And we put pressure on the people we care about, man. We say, you've got to meet this need for me. And then that person feels so much pressure. And the relationship wasn't meant to be that way. We were were meant to first be filled with peace and then go and seek peace in the world. So very important to get that order right. Jesus says this in uh, Matthew 5, 9. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And by the way, it's not that seeking peace makes you a child of God. It's that you are a child of God and experiencing his peace. And so now you're ready to make peace in the world. What would it look like for us to be little peacemakers as we allow Jesus to continue to bring about peace in the world? Man, wouldn't that be an awesome, awesome thing? For us to be little peacemakers. And by the way, I'm not asking us to go and muster it up and make peace with people today. I really want to instead ask the question, if you don't see peace within your relationships, I want you to evaluate why that is. And if it's because there's no peace with God, first and foremost, or you're not experiencing the peace of God, we've got to look at those things before we ever try to make peace in our relationships at all. That's an important distinction, is it not? A lot of times we'll say, man, I know my relationships aren't good. I've got to figure this out. But why aren't they good? And oftentimes it's because maybe we're not filled with peace. And so that's the question kind of as we leave here today. Are you filled with his peace? And if not, why not? And I've got to tell you, this invitation stands. Man, if it was for the shepherds, that's for you too. And so I don't know where you fall in today. Maybe you're in that first column, that you don't have peace with God. The invitation, very simply, is come to Him. I mean, He has invited us to come to Him. And that's where you will find peace with God. Or maybe it's the second one. Maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, it's, it's peace of God that we're not experiencing. Let me invite you again, very simply, come to Him. Come to Him. He says, come to me if you're weary or burdened, he says, I will give you rest. Or maybe it is those relationships. Maybe you're ready for peace on earth. Maybe you are filled with his peace, but you haven't just proactively taken that next step to say, yeah, yeah, this person right here, I need to just go and make peace with them. You know, I mean, because I have God's peace in me, because I have peace with God and I have his peace in me, now I can be a little peacemaker on earth. And I, and I evaluate my relationships and there's one I can look at right now. It's just, it's just not quite right. Let me go to that person. 
Let me go to that person and make peace. Because Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. So for us, does peace mark us? Does peace rule in our hearts here today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. We're so thankful for this story of the shepherds where you say, yeah, yeah, this, this is good news for the religious elites. No, not just the religious elites, for all people. And maybe there are some today who they are just looking for that wholeness, man. They're just looking for it, and they've, they, they've thought that it would just appear one day in the world, within their hearts, within other people. I pray right now to to let go of all those other things and just say, I just come to you because your invitation stands today. You say, come to me and that you will give peace and rest to our souls. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, just dominate our hearts right now. If there's conviction that's needed, pray that you'll provide it. Encouragement that's needed, I pray that you'll provide it. We love you very, very much. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The altars are open if you need to respond in that way. I'd love to pray with you as well. Let's stand and worship. Thank you, David.